uh, I, I think about uh, timing and how important timing is. And, and timing is important uh, even when we, when we laugh. And, and Greg, if you can get the house lights up a little bit, um, that'd be great for everybody, uh, I'm sure. And, and as we think about timing, uh, timing, and we think about how important timing is, I think about timing and jokes. Because laughter is good for us, right? It's good to laugh. It's good to have fun. It's good to, to chuckle. I have all three of my boys uh, at the house right now for the first time in several months, and, and we laugh a lot. We fuss a lot. We, we, you know, have all the joys of what it means to be a full family. But, but laughter is good, and, and we have some joke tellers uh, even here in our church, uh, some of you know one famous joke teller uh, in our church. Uh, we have several others, and, and laughing is fun. But, but as you think about the timing of a joke, uh, timing is everything. Because if, if you don't get the punchline right or say in the right way, the, the whole thing is ruined. Right? It, it's just terrible. You just get the, uh-huh, well, try next time. But, but even if the joke is horrible and you get the timing right, you'll probably get a little chuckle just out of courtesy because you, you, you told it well. So let me give you an example. Two guys walked into a bar. The third guy ducked. I'm an expert. Sometimes jokes are just corny and bad. So, sometimes jokes take a little intelligence to, to get. You, you have to, you know, have some intellectual thought like this one. Time flies like an arrow. Fruit flies like a banana. <laughs> if you didn't get it, ask your neighbor after church, Okay. But, but timing is important in jokes and, and how we say things is important and laughter is good. But, but as we think about this whole season of, of Christmas and, and, and what we do to celebrate, uh, I want to remind you that, that God's timing is perfect when he sent Jesus Christ to this earth. His timing was perfect. And, and I believe God does have a sense of humor uh, if you read some things throughout Scripture, you'll, you'll be like, wow, he said that? Uh, that's funny. It, it, it's humorous. And I think God has a sense of humor. But, but more importantly, God is concerned uh, about you. And, and the timing for him to send his son to rescue you, to bring you peace, was perfect because he's concerned about your eternity. He's concerned about your forever. He's also concerned about your today. And so this morning as we look at Galatians chapter 4, we're going to see what it means to, to live in peace. And, and though that word isn't necessarily found in our scripture today, it, it shows us, it points us to the way of peace. Look at Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, 
so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And verse 7 starts out, so you are no longer a slave. In the fullness of time. Now, God's timing is unique and perfect. And, and when this phrase, in the fullness of time, I, I wonder, like, why did God send Jesus 2,000 years ago? You know, we think 0 AD, but probably somewhere between 3 BC and 6 AD uh, because our calendars are not exactly right. But why did God send Jesus exactly in that moment? Why didn't he do it 700 years earlier when Isaiah really wanted it? Why didn't he send it later? Why right then in that moment in a small little town called Bethlehem in the nation of Israel? Why then? Why in that season? Well, scholars uh, believe bo both spiritual, religious scholars and those that are not spiritual, religious, they believe that, that Jesus Christ's life was at the exact right time for a movement to happen. There were some things happening in the world that were the exact right time for Jesus to arrive. The first thing is that the Roman Empire had brought peace across all of civilization in the known world. They had brought peace. They had kind of taken over everybody and there was peace. They had also developed infrastructure. All roads lead to Rome, right? They developed infrastructure. Thank you for the 12 of you that passed high school history on this side of the room. He, there was infrastructure so that travel could happen, so that people could interact with one another. The Greeks had provided a, a language that was common enough so that different cultures could trade and, and exchange ideas and goods with one another. And so there was a sense of the world was coming together. You had the Romans who had brought peace called Pax Romana, if you really are interested. The Greeks had provided a, a language that was helpful. And then the Israelites, this little tribe of people, they had brought the idea that there's one God and one God only, a monotheistic religion, that perhaps there's only one true God. And so you put all those pieces together along with the fact that right after the time of Jesus, the population of the, of the earth exploded and it's continued to explode. When Jesus was born, the world was on the precipice of a population explosion. And so what better time for God to send the Savior of the world than right before the population is going to explode so that the most people would hear the name of Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah. Not just people 2,000 years ago, but people today right here in this moment that we would get to experience the fullness of time through the person of Jesus Christ. And so as you sit there this morning and you think about God's timing, you ever think about God's timing in your own life? 
Could it be that if God the Father can choose the perfect time in history to send his only begotten son Jesus into the earth to redeem humanity that perhaps he can reach into your life in this moment right when you need him. If God could send the Savior of the world at the exact right time to redeem all of humanity, surely he can step into your life right now and help you, bring you peace, encouragement, hope, direction. Surely his timing can be perfect in the moment you need him. That's what the God of peace does. He steps in at the right moment, exactly when you need him. Whatever your struggle is, whatever your heart, heartache is, whatever the pain is that you're enduring in this season, whatever indecision you have that you just don't know which way is up, left, right, front, back, you, you don't know where to go, you're indecisive, you're looking to answer some big question in your life, Maybe you have insecurity. Maybe there's a great hope that you have. And you need God to speak into that hope. You have a giant dream. You need the God of peace to, to step in and give you direction in fulfilling that dream. Maybe you have a grand plan, but you're not sure if it's the right plan. Allow the God of peace to step in in the right moment, in the fullness of time in your own life to give you the direction that you need. If he stepped out of eternity into humanity at the exact right moment, surely he can step into your life at this right moment, whatever it is. And so when God the Father sent God the Son to this earth, he just didn't send a deity as John, the book of John tells us, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Well, that word, Word is Jesus. Jesus is God, equality with God, and he came in the flesh, but not just as a deity, not just as God, but also fully human, born of a woman. And Paul here confirms what our gospel writers say, that Jesus was born of a virgin. Her name is Mary. He confirms that our Savior, the Holy One of God, is both God and man, fully God and fully man, so that he could identify with you and me. If he was simply a God and a God only, how would he identify with you as me, you and me as humans? He wouldn't. But because he came as a child, born in a manger and lived a life with siblings and friends and was persecuted and rejected, he identifies with you and me. And so why did God become man? Paul gives us two reasons why God became man. First, he came to redeem those under the law. The irony here is that Jesus was born under the law. He, as an Israelite, was born under the law. When he was born in Bethlehem and he lived in Nazareth and then traveled around all of Israel, he was under the law, but he came to redeem the law, to redeem it, to redeem his people from the law. 
not just from the curse of law, because all of us want redemption from the curse of law, right? Because if you break a law and you get caught, you want to be redeemed from the curse of that law, which is the consequence. You don't want the ticket, you don't want the jail time, you don't want the punishment, you don't want the penalty, whatever it is. You want redemption from the curse of the law. Jesus just didn't come to redeem his people from the penalty, the consequence of the law. No, he came to redeem his people and all of humanity from the entire law system that puts us in bondage and shackles. He came to redeem everyone from the whole system, not just the penalty, but on its bondage that it creates, it, it jails us, is what the law does. And Jesus came to set us free. We love freedom. We love it. We love freedom. We celebrate it every July 4th, and we as Texans celebrate it every day. We do. But, but that kind of freedom is not really what Jesus is talking about. That's not what Paul's getting at. He's talking about redemption from the freedom of a curse, of death, of destruction for eternity, of separation from God from all, for all of time. And he stepped into this world at the exact right moment to redeem us from the curse of death. To exchange, to make an exchange. That's what redemption is, right? You exchange something. I, I love H-E-B. Those little yellow coupons on the aisles, so awesome. We lived in Florida. We had Publix grocery store. They had to buy one, get one free. That's the only things I ever bought when I went in public. If, if, if it wasn't BOGO, I didn't buy it. Because I, I love the coupon, the idea of, of redemption, because that's what that little yellow coupon does. You pull that off, especially these days, because soft drinks are so expensive now. My goodness. Drink water, everybody. Okay? But you take that coupon and you, you go to the aisle, and I've shared this story many times before, I only go to the self-checkout aisle, no matter how many items I have, because if I have two loaves of bread, that's one item, bread, right? So not two items, it's one item, bread. So I, I go there, I check out, and then it's like, uh, I think the order is coupon card cash on the screen. I love to push that coupon button, you scan it, and then you put in a little slot down below, and, and money, like the red negative comes off of your total. That's redemption. That's what redemption is. And in a big way, like in a tiny, tiny way, like a tiny way, it reminds me every time of my redemption. Like maybe just pastors think like that, but you should. You should. Because Jesus came to redeem you to deliver you, to set you free, to give you peace. To give you the peace that comes with freedom. That's what Jesus the Messiah does. He gives us peace that comes with the freedom of redemption. 
that I've been redeemed from my sin, that because of my sin, God sent his son in the fullness of time to this earth, born of a woman, to live a perfect life, and then to die on the cross to pay the penalty of my law-breaking, of my sin, of my rebellion. And his death on the cross redeems me. It redeems me. And so I've put my faith in him and his redemption so that I could experience freedom, so I could be redeemed, so I could have the peace of God. That's what God did for us in the fullness of time is he redeemed us. But he also, he also gives us the full rights of being a son and daughter of the king. That because of Jesus Christ, because of his coming, because of his death and resurrection, now you and I, those that have placed our faith in Jesus Christ as our redeemer, we are now adopted into the kingdom of God as sons and daughters of the creator of the universe. And we have the full rights and privileges of a child of God. We get to experience the benefit of redemption. And sometimes those benefits aren't realized in the 70 or 80 or 90 years that you live here. Those benefits are fully realized when you and I get to see Jesus face to face. A long time ago, American Express, their slogan, their, their motto was, membership has its privileges. And if you had a platinum American Express, or if you had the black American Express, which was, I've seen one time, uh, it was like, you got to be, a, you have crazy money to have that one. It has privileges, right? You get your TSA refunded. If you want to have TSA pre-check or global entry, you get that refunded. You get access to American Express lounges across the world. Uh, you get early access to concerts and different events and those kind of things. You still got to pay for them. You just get access when others don't. Every year you get to buy one, get one free on an airline ticket. All for $6.95 annually. <laughs> Membership has its privileges. Membership in the family of God has its privileges. That you and I are part of a family. We're part of a family. Christ, we are co-heirs with Christ. We get to receive an inheritance that is eternal, that is unmatched. But not only that, we, we, ha we get to live a, a simple, peaceful life. Right? The, the joy of salvation, the joy of redemption is that my life is no longer complicated. It's pretty simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your, love your neighbor as yourself. Pretty easy. Pretty simple. I get guaranteed forgiveness as a part of being a family member. I have guaranteed forgiveness. I don't have to walk around with guilt and shame. I, I, I don't have to constantly worry like, am I okay? 
No, because I am okay. I'm a child of the king. I have divine purpose. God has given me a purpose with which to live, to bring glory and honor to his name, to spread his love and peace wherever I go. I get to have deep-rooted relationships, not just with my biological family, but now with the spiritual family. I get to enjoy life with a bunch of other people who are broken and weird, just like me. We get to do that together and encourage each other because we're all kind of a mess. But the Lord has redeemed us. And so we get to walk together by faith, loving him and loving each other. I have eternal reward. I have an inheritance. I have a peace that I've been set free. I'm not walking around shackled, just like dragging my sin around, hoping it'll go away someday or I can find a lock and or, or I can lift my leg at some point and make it a little easier, like mm, cover it up, a cool boot. No, I, I don't have to worry about that because I've been set free from that. There's excitement there. There's joy there. there there's a thrill there. And, and I don't know if, if, if you have an adoption in your family or you have friends uh, that have adopted. I have, we have a number of friends that have adopted children. And, and one of the greatest days in, in the life of an adopted family is their gotcha day, the, the day they gotcha, right? The day they, their child became theirs, that they adopted that child and it became theirs, it's the greatest day. It's the greatest day in the kid's life, but it's also the greatest day in the parent's life because that kid, if they're old enough to kind of recognize, like, I, I have a new identity. I, I have a new name. I have a new family, permanent. I, I, what, what, a, what a thrill that is. But for the parent, it's the same thing. Wow, I, I get to love this child. This child is mine. I get to encourage him. I, I, I get to love her. I get to celebrate the ups and downs of life with him. I have the, the privilege to discipline her so that she'll know the right way. What, what a joy that is. The, the, the same is true of our Heavenly Father. When you and I step from death to life by receiving Jesus Christ by faith that he redeemed us, you know what? He celebrates saying, I love you. And I get to walk with you for eternity to help you become more like my other son, Jesus Christ. What a thrill that is. What, what, what a joy that is to be a, a part of a bigger family. That's what Jesus gives us. That's what Jesus gives us. He gives me the peace of knowing that I'm a part of an eternal family. Forever family. That, that I get to now be a co-heir with Christ. I, I, I'm on par with Jesus Christ as inheriting the kingdom of God. And I get to do that with all of you. And God the Father looks at him and says, welcome my child. What a thrill that is. What, what peace that brings to us. That I'm not alone. That I'm not abandoned. 
I'm not discarded. I'm not looked down upon. What a joy that is. What a, what a peace that is. And the greatest benefit outside of I get to live forever with God, the greatest benefit of being an adopted son or daughter of the king is that we get the king himself living in us. His spirit lives within us. I'm so thankful that the full trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit is involved in our salvation and involved in our spiritual maturity and our life. The Holy Spirit is a gift to every believer, to every person. If you are here today and you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ as your Redeemer, then the Spirit of God lives inside of you. He lives inside of you. He's present in your life. And he's present to do two things, to, to help give evidence that you actually are a son or daughter. And he's present to help keep you becoming more, help keep you, not help keep you, help continue to make you more like his son, Jesus Christ. I almost said keep you from becoming like, and that would have been really bad. No, he, he's there to, to provide evidence that's why the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Because those are evidences that I belong, that I'm a part of the family. The Spirit of God lives inside of me. And in those moments where I have an opportunity to act and speak like Christ, or an opportunity to not act and not speak like Christ, the Spirit nudges me in the right way. The heart of God speaks to my heart so that I can show evidence that I'm a part of God's family. And because I'm a part of God's family, I have an inheritance, and so do you. God's Spirit gives me the peace of knowing that one day I'll live forever and I'll have an inheritance that lasts forever. That's what the Spirit does. The Spirit confirms in me the peace, the calm, the assurance that I have an eternal inheritance that one day I'll get to experience in full. I get to experience it in part here through a, a dim glass, as the Scripture says, we get to experience it dimly here, but one day I'll know that I get to experience it fully. And that while I'm here, I get to approach my Father with joy and a relationship that is so close, it's as if I'm calling him Dad. Abba, Father. That I have direct access to the Father because of Jesus. I can approach the Father. I can pray. I can speak. I can hear from Him. And He's the one that gives me joy and peace as I live out this ongoing relationship. And so my question for us this morning, my question for you is, are you waiting for peace? Are you waiting for peace? Are you waiting for 
this season to pass so it'll be calm? Are you waiting to get over this hurdle so that you can have peace, so that it'll just everything will die down? And, and that question is not just for those of you that, that may not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Do, do you have peace? Are you waiting for peace? Is a question for all of us. Do, do, we, do we have it? Do we experience it? Do we walk in peace? Or are we waiting for it around the corner, hopeful that next week, next month, next year will be better? And we're failing to live in the peace that God offers because in the fullness of time, he had you in mind when he sent his son, Jesus Christ. And so if you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus Christ as your redeemer, I want to invite you in a minute, we stand and sing, to come and say, I, I, I need peace. I, I need the peace that can only be found in Jesus Christ. There'll be some of us down here, we'd love to talk to you about that, pray with you through that. And so I invite you to take a big, bold move in a minute to stand and come and say, you know what, I need the peace of God in my life. I, I'm shackled by this world. But maybe you're here today and you've received the peace of God through Jesus Christ, but your life isn't reflecting that very much these days. I invite you to come and pray and say, Lord, I'm trusting in you again. Restore in me the confidence that I'm a part of your family. Restore in me that I have freedom through Jesus Christ. Restore in me the the peace that comes with knowing I have an eternal inheritance and I know that this world is not going to be wonderful. But because I have you living in me, I have peace. May we be people of peace today. Will you pray with me?